0: For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed
1: over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jones?
2: From the end of the bridge to, you gotta go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found Movement about-
1: A born from a family's grief and determination. 2020 army soldier vanessa guillen went missing while stationed at one of the largest military installations
0: That little music in the background it goes don't be suspicious don't be. Suspicious. right knew about it or was there it's he's as guilty as the person who committed details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again
3: him they, they, they dropped the ball man like they, they said he went A1. And uh, he was a, a deserter and nobody went to look for
4: him. Today is not a day to celebrate.
2: With the arrest of Richard M. Allen of Delphi on two counts of murder. Like I said, we're going back. We were asked last time to kind of talk about the food, uh, the grub truck video and kind of give our perspective of it. He, the, the press release from the police department it indicated that they're still trying to put pieces together from that night. It, does, that, does that worry you in any, at any point uh, or at any bit that they're still trying to put those pieces together?
4: It's been over five weeks since little Kaylee Anthony vanished. Her mother, Casey, has been arrested for lying to police. She's being held without bail.
3: Hey, greetings from the year 3000. It still sucks. This is Philip J. Pride. And you're listening to the Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like, and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me, as always, Big Blue and Hyman. Uh, boys, how are you guys? Well, first, before we start, I want to say thank you to all the new subscribers, uh, tw- over 28,000 now. We were just at 26, 24, like three days ago. Yeah. Uh, moving in the right direction. It's all because of you guys. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. I know there's a little bit of uh, not so much love and support, but the love and the support trumps whatever hate we do get triple fold. So we want to say thank you to all you guys and all those that watch us. Boys, yeah,
0: I'm Which, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing um, Really good, actually, man. I needed a couple of days off, get some st- stuff um, straightened out. You know what I mean? And now I'm back. I'm back, and I'm drinking myself a uh, Dr Pepper because it's the weekday. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm drinking some water. I, we can't have a repeat of Big Blue. Big Blue, we're glad to see that you're alive today. Uh, last time we saw you, I no think welcome. there's um, there's um, uh, you've been um, there's been some concern about your whereabouts.
3: In last few <laughs> yeah hey What's man I, I am alive the next morning I was up by seven in the morning you know it, it, it didn't phase me like like most people thought it probably did but <laughs> I'm well, built different like I say every time man I am built different my oh, boy
0: yeah. Bruce my boy
2: publicly buzzed in the house we just did a show with them um we were on their channel just, just about an hour ago or so I uh, was talking good. well. Well, Jaime, Jaime had some technical difficulties, but we're going to have publicly buzzed on our show. We're probably aiming for maybe next Friday. We'll see. Uh, we're still talking about it, but good guys. Great show. They, they uh, If everybody's here trying to listen to our thoughts about Kim, you can get an idea of what we said on his channel. Go check it out when we're done. Yep. And so, <clears throat> anywho, back to the content. So, today we're going to be talking about Alec Baldwin and the uh, the situation that he is currently going through, apparently he is being charged with uh, involuntary manslaughter yeah. in the state of New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe carries only a term of like 18 months in prison. Uh, I could be wrong. Correct me in the live chat. We're not from New Mexico, so um, we could be a little bit off on that. But first and foremost, <clears throat> were you guys surprised? And it's been a while. So, you know, kind of just well, real quick. Uh, just to kind of talk about what had occurred so everybody understands if you're not up to date. On October 21st, 2021, at, at uh, Bonzana Creek Ranch in Bonzana City, New Mexico, I'm probably butchering that up. The cinematographer Elena Hutchins was fatally uh, taken and directed. Joelle Sousa was injured. And uh, a set of a film called Rust, when a live round was discharged from a revolver, used as a prop by Alec Baldwin. Hutchinson died later that day in, an, in at an Albuquerque hospital. The weapon had not been thoroughly checked in the safety of advanced, uh, according to this article. And so, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. There was um, a couple of series as far as um, Baldwin assumed that it was a cold gun, meaning that there wasn't any live ammunition. He's been stating that for the last year or so. Were you guys surprised with the charges? We'll come up, we'll start with you, Hyman.
0: Uh, Look, there's been a lot of accidents in other movies and you rarely hear that they get charged. I mean, the last time I heard someone actually getting charged was, you know, a criminal um, case was with uh, John Landis when they were filming the the Twilight Zone movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. But ever since then, I don't think, uh, at that time, um, they got acquitted from those charges. So, like, since then, I haven't heard anything about someone even uh, getting charged with, with manslaughter, especially for, you know, considering supposedly that's an accident.
2: Right. Well, I mean, it's definitely an accident that could have been uh, avoided. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised that the armorer isn't charged, but I was a little bit taken back by the fact that the actor was, uh, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. when you're using... A weapon that has the possibilities of containing a live round, you should check that uh, that weapon at all times. And I'd be one thing if you thought it was a prop gun that didn't have the capabilities of firing anything. Uh, that's a different story. But if he was aware of the possibilities that a live round could go into it, he needed to check it. Mm-hmm. Big Blue, what were your um, what were your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that they're actually charging him with something. I understand, like the movie company getting fined. Um, mm-hmm. But I also do see the point where the family does need a little bit of justice. Um, so let's see what happens, man. Hopefully, you know, I saw somebody did a plea deal. Was it mm-hmm. the, uh, so let's we'll see what they do. Um, I think somebody put on there because it was a gun. It could be up to five years, but I swear the report said 18 months was that what they were trying to get.
2: Right. All right. So this is um, here pictured is Elena Hutchins. She's the uh, cinematographer, basically the uh, person in charge of of all the shots and the camera angles and things of that nature uh, on the set for Rust. Um, <clears throat> you know, so it's kind of important that we get to know the players, so to speak. So that is Elena. This is the director, Joel. This is Alec Baldwin. And this is the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. <clears throat> Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, she's the uh, daughter of famous and well-known Hollywood armorer, uh, Thel Reed. He's uh, credited with movies such as 1997's L.A. Confidential and 2006's Man Revise. Um, You know, he's worked with a lot of people, including actors like Brad Pitt, Val Kilmer. Uh, he was on the, the Django Unchained. Uh, things of that nature so he's pretty famous she is the daughter of that um armor uh, from what i understand this was only her second movie that she was lead armor on she didn't really have much experience um she said that in a recent interview on the uh, voices of the west podcast um hannah stated that Russ was only the second time she had worked as lead armor on a film set Um, Her first experience was on the set of the film, The Old Way, which stars Nicolas Cage and has recently wrapped up. Guterres-Reed also told the podcast she almost didn't take the job because she hadn't been sure if she was ready for it. It was a really, uh, she, she stated it was really a badass way to start off a really long and cool career. It was also my first time being head armor as well. I almost didn't take the job because I wasn't sure if I was ready, but doing it like I went really smoothly, she stated on the podcast. Uh, Gutierrez later added that she had initially been fearful of loading blanks into guns on set. So a lot of a lot of uh, newness. Uh, Alec Baldwin had stated um, in his um it was in his interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Martinez, good friend of the show. Thank you for being here. We need to get you on the show, buddy. Um, there was a lot of Alec Baldwin had came out throughout after this incident and also in his interrogation where he stated that this was a low, low budget film. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, some of the people may that might be one of the reasons why they got somebody so inexperienced. Yeah. Uh, do you think that was Probably one of the biggest mistakes was just hiring somebody with such little experience.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so, man. Um, especially when you're going to have weapons uh, involved, you know what I mean? Right. It would be a different story if it was you know, knives or whatever, but it's pretty sharp. But when it comes down to weapons, you, can, you, can't, just, you can't be too careful, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, never, even, if, even if you know for a fact that it's not noted, you never not, never pointed at someone for you know I me mean? for sure for sure um
2: <clears throat> and everybody could i get everybody to hit that like button it would really help us out thank you so much so um yeah no for sure man you, you know you would assume that these things would be taken care of and uh, apparently um by the uh the affidavit that was brought up uh that there was a three-person like uh, setup it was the armor and then there was another gentleman who took the, the gun mm-hmm. to alec baldwin he informed them that the uh, the weapon was cold and then it was his responsibility to check it. And he didn't. Uh, apparently, he claims that this portion of the, uh, the film. And this is kind of where I get a little bit confused about because he says that it's a cold round that um, there's just rehearsal and that it's not to be filmed or it's not going into the film. It's just a rehearsal shot to see where they're at. But yet, when he's in his interrogation, he's asked um, where the armor was, and he said that she was outside of the church because she didn't—they didn't want her to be on film. Mm -hmm. If this was just a practice session, why would she be outside of the church? Yeah, Yeah, true. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, there's there's been a lot of speculation behind this case as far as. Motives and things of that nature, and the only one that I could find that um, was kind of odd, that was somewhat realistic, was that there was a, a strike that was occurring during the time of this uh, filming, and it was, um, and 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 Miss Hutchinson was a member of the um, the union that was going on strike. It was mm-hmm. uh, she was a member of the International's uh, Cement Cement. Oh, man, I'm really stuttering, with, stuttering <laughs> with that word. Cinematographers Guild and the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. It's a labor union that represents the entertainment industry's crew and technical workers in U.S. and Canada. And uh, they were going into strike over the working conditions just pa- you know around the days of right before her, her passing. Mm-hmm. And Alec Baldwin was very much against that strike. And he was public about it he had stated that they had signed a contract they had agreed to these terms and basically um the workers on the set and not just this one but uh, you know and other places were upset based on the working conditions and the fact that they were being worked 12 hours a day and forced to drive a couple of hours to the set a couple of hours home and they weren't afforded lodging rooms hotels things of that nature yeah um and Baldwin had came out and he's come out since the incident and stated that, you know, it wasn't the right time. He had asked them to not do that because doing so, if they had to afford, you know, to do all that stuff, that would be the end of the film based on the fact that it was low budget. Yeah. And so do you guys find that, that activism and that thing just being a sign of coincidence or you see something more there? We'll start off with you, Hyman.
0: Um, man it's um i think it's just a uh, it's a coincidence um i don't wanna i don't wanna say it was all part of the plan you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but i think it was just coincidence um the the thing that gets me is the fact that like you said it wasn't there was rumors out there that was filmed that this was actually filmed and then it comes out it wasn't filmed there's a lot of stories out there you know what i mean yeah and
2: there's been some some video of him actually filming doing it. He has his hand Mm -hmm. in fact, the picture that we we used in the thumbnail and hold on. I'll pull it up. The. Let me pull it up real quick. This is a still image from right before he accidentally or the weapon discharged. Now, one of the big issues when it comes to um, when it comes to this case is Baldwin claimed from the get-go that he never pulled the trigger uh-huh. uh, given given the fact that he assumed that it was a cold gun it was a prop gun it was a fake gun or didn't have live ammunition uh why would that make a difference if it wasn't supposed to be real what do you think blue
3: i think well one thing is like he said he never pulled the trigger but when i watched the interview video he did admit he cocked it back and, and if anybody knows a hang like that that style if you cock it back it's got a hammer even if you cock it back half ways and let it go if it hits the 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 rim of that bullet with that hammer it's going to strike it and it's going to fire
2: mm-hmm. so. uh, i'll tell you guys a quick story uh, back in the day when i was in training one time we were using some munitions uh, weaponry, which was uh, dummy blinks and uh, dummy dummy rounds, which had a soft um, plastic tip to the end of the uh, the ammunition round. And we were doing an exercise uh, where we were clearing a building and we were using revolvers in the exercise. And uh, the guy in front of me, <laughs> his, uh, was, his name was Jim. He, We were standing in line and I had cocked the revolver, right? I was uh, we, commit, we we finished the the exercise cleared the building without any issues and I was uncocking uh, the weapon. Uh, this was early early I was still a rook. The hammer slipped out of my thumb when I was trying to put it back. Fired the weapon and fortunately it was just a, a plastic dummy round. Cool. But it shot him in his right butt cheek. <laughs> he jumped up cuz that thing hurts like like about twice as much as a paintball gun. And, and he jumps up and he was like, what the fuck? F this, that, right? And I'm like, dude, bye, 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 bye. And um, I was like, man, at least it's here. And now when we're out in the field, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so those things happen. I mean, especially if you're not trained in, in weaponry of the gun coming off, which, you know, in this situation here, there should have never been a live round anywhere on this set. Right. And so accidents happen, especially when you have somebody who's inexperienced in handling weapons and somebody who is not going through the right protocol of checking the weapon. You know, he stated in his, in- his interrogation that he didn't check the weapon because he didn't want to uh, offend the armor. Basically, like, you know, I don't believe that you gave me a, non- you know, a non-life gun. But, you know, the ammunition looks different when you're looking at a semi munition round, a dummy round, when you're looking at a blank Uh, things of that nature, a hollow point, a full a full metal jacket. All those things look completely different. Um, He claims that he has had to have gun training because of other movies. And he's, you know, worked with guns in the past. I just don't understand. I mean, maybe perhaps he got laxed on on what he was doing, but uh, I just find it very difficult. And I, I can't understand why a
0: live round would be on a set mhm- I mean I mean just take just take uh, in consideration the how much how many movies he's done, you know, how much practice and how many you know I mean how how long has his career been and how many movies he's done that's involved uh, you know a weapon. You know yeah. I mean, at this point you should he should know by now that, you know, like even if it's blanks he never he never shoot those even close to, you know, someone because it could you know, hurt someone, you
2: know. Oh, for sure. For sure. And like you're out here in the middle of nowhere. So this is where the uh, the set is. So you're you're way out here. If there's an accident that happens, you're miles away from the nearest hospital. They said that it was an Albuquerque hospital. Where in the world is Albuquerque compared to here? Santa yeah. Fe's up there. And so, yeah, they took, took them a while. I probably should have posted where Albuquerque was. But, um, you know, the nearest town was Santa, Santa Fe, and that's not a big place. I've driven through there before. And so they needed uh, uh, some – they needed they – needed, she was hit, I believe, in the shoulder, and then the round went through her lung and then out her shoulder. And so she needed to be uh, helped immediately. Mm -hmm. but this is where the set is let's get a a close look on it there's a pinpoint
0: image here yeah but i think the the budget like you said earlier did you know they, they, they did some budgeting and they didn't have that chain of command so to speak where you have two or three people checking the gun before it's being used including also like stunts you know how the stunts go where they have to check harnesses and make sure everything's safe uh they probably cut back on that too just to save some money and use it somewhere else on the on the set it could be yeah, too yeah yeah and i mean like
2: i just it's an unfortunate accident i mean that's what it is and if somebody has to pay because they should have done their job i would have leaned more towards the armor but everybody that put their hands on that weapon I should have checked it, mm-hmm. you know, and that includes the second person. Um, do y'all know if that second person is getting charged? Let me let me look at this real quick. Um, no. Because I, I read here that there was safety complaints mm-hmm. um, and a walkout because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was it? So in the beginning of Rust production, amidst the potential strike, members of the International Alliance of the- uh, Theatrical Stage Employees um, there was a strike over working conditions and low pay. October 4th, it was announced that IATSE members voted 98.68% in favor of authorizing a strike. So a strike was coming with a voter turnout of 89.66% of eligible voters. Voters uh, Helena Hutchinson supported the IATSE. She wrote in an Instagram post standing in a sol- uh, solidarity with our IATSE crew here in New Mexico on Rust. So she was very active about this uh, this strike and, and about the uh, protocols that were happening. Mm-hmm. Now, according to this article that I'm reading right here, it says some crew members claim firearm safety protocols were not distributed with the call sheets and were not strictly followed on set. Uh, they claim uh, the medic was absent during the construction of the film set. Furthermore, crew members got upset with what they claimed was a lack of adequate hotel rooms crew members alleged producers would only allow local new mexico crew courtesy room rentals after working 13 hours on the clock some claim that they were only left with six hours to sleep after long drives home however a source close to the production said that the union contract indicated hotel would be provided if the travel distance was more than 60 miles and that the producers would provide a hotel crew after 13 and a half hours or more on set the source also claimed that the hotels were provided to the crews on days they worked 10 to 12 hours if Call times was before 6 a.m. and production wrapped after 7 p.m. So it did seem like they were trying to help out as much as they possibly could as far as um, hotels and rooms and board. Could they have done a little bit more? Probably so. Could they have worked them a little bit less? Probably so. But when you're looking at a low budget film, you're asking a lot of people to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Their, Their goal is to make it as quickly as possible to spend the least money.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's the other thing is that I don't know if you guys found it odd. uh, During the body cam footage, he continually asks the police officer if he can go take his, you know, wardrobe off and go back and meet them at the police station, Um, you know, in, in street clothes, so to speak. And the guy's like, no, no, no. And the reason why is he maybe potentially have some type of evidence on him. Things of that nature, they're going to want to take his clothes from him. Um, he probably wasn't aware of that. I don't think Alec Baldwin has been um, a person of interest in a crime with this type of situation before. To know, has he, Ina? Um I don't know, man. I was just thinking
0: about this. Uh, you mentioned that 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 uh, interrogation. I remember. <laughs> I remember seeing the comments on that man. There was this comment that that made me laugh out loud and there was a comment that said <laughs> I don't know if I should say it here, but eh, whatever. Once he called, it goes said, um that this I was like I stand one hundred percent behind Alec Baldwin because standing in front of him is too dangerous. <laughs> and that was horrible, man. That was but, like, horrible. That was horrible. When it was like the highlighted comment, right?
2: Yeah.
0: So I was like but um I, I think I don't think he I don't think he he knew that like the the procedure when it comes down to like you know the, the the police actually checking for evidence or whatever. I think it was just like random, like that he might just just feel comfortable, I guess, in his own clothes. I don't right. Think that was a. Uh, I don't think that was nefarious or anything like that.
2: So let's try to put our heads together on this. Why do you think, or is there logical reasoning behind the possibility? of a live round getting into uh this 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 set uh the one that pops out to me firsthand is that they went and bought a gun cheap somewhere and it was already in the gun and they
0: never took it out Um, how far along was the, the the filming before this happened do you know
2: Let's see. I'll look it up real
0: quick. Because if that's the case and that, that that weapon itself has been used in other scenes, then it should have not been that should have been not, not been the case, you know. And First of all, there shouldn't be any live rounds anywhere near a movie set. Uh, no, I agree. I,
3: I do think that in some movies, they do still use the live rounds for certain scenes, you know what I mean? Um, if it's a low-budget movie, you're not going to have the CGI guys there to be able to you know, they're pointing at something and shoot it when they're practicing to pull the bottle up. It costs money, so they use a real gun, real bullet. I think that that's what, the reason why they could be on the set.
0: Yeah, I see the. I was watching this movie a while back, and the I guess they uh, they kind of put like CGI for the muzzle flash on one of the uh um uh, one of the weapons they were using in the movie, and it was funny because there was like no no uh recoil it was just like it was just just a flash right that was, was like pretty crappy acting I was like at least movies
2: yeah the the thing this says is that this was a 21 day shoot so they were only going to shoot this entire movie in 21 days oh, so man. yeah
0: that's that sounds pretty fast yeah i think that's what it is i think that just i mean no live round should have been said, but maybe that is true. Maybe it could happen that, you know, they did get a, a weapon that already had a, a round of it. They didn't check it because of the budget. Um, they didn't go through the, the you know those safety uh, tiers, and, and it happened. But, like, it, it just it's, it's weird that it happened to the person that was, you know, really adamant about the strike, right? Yeah, the
2: union leader, the person who was saying that employees weren't getting um – you know, low, there was horrible work conditions going on. Uh, in fact, the following month, there was a spider bite uh, that uh, I think a person ended up getting, uh, had to go to the hospital for, he got bit by a brown recluse spider out there. And so um, it's, they're pretty far, they're pretty far, but um yeah, no, this place is, you're absolutely right. I think that, the, you know, you have a low budget, you have a lot of people trying to do things very, very fast in a short amount of time that's going to leave for some mistakes. And then you add inexperience into that mm-hmm. somebody who hasn't been on a, on a set or or been an experienced person for more than you know just had been a lead. At one point, I understand that she was trained by her father and her father was a, uh, you know, a very famous and well known for being an armorer in the industry. But at the end of the day, um,
0: that repetition doesn't roll over. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you got to right. make your own it's repetition right. at that point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He, he got her foot in the door, but she has to be able to maintain it in
2: there. Right. What are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, she was she seemed remorseful. Uh, Anna Gutierrez-Reed, the armor. However, in the body cam footage, um, you know, one of the things that she says is like her in the interrogation as well. She's like when they asked her what she does, she's like, I'm the armor. Well, I was. And then when they're interrogating her, she's like, I really fucked up my career or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the fact that she was more concerned about her career than at the status of the persons that were injured at that moment what um, do you
0: think that well i think i think it's probably it took her a while to realize the the what's it called the, the grave the severity of the incident you know what i mean yeah. and, you know i mean not everybody you know, sometimes when something happens to one of us, you know, it just it takes a while for it to like, you know, register, especially they like, cut some, somewhat like in the, in the shock, you know what I mean? Right. right. And so
2: and this is a police cam footage that we're looking at right now. Uh, they're taking pictures of Alec Baldwin in his uh, attire, making sure, I mean, I'm pretty positive they would have done a gun gunshot residue mm-hmm. um, test on his hands, on his person. Uh, I would have also have checked the armor. Well, I mean they're 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 handling these things, so it's there is that possibility. Cool. Let me see if I can put some sound to this real quick.
3: I'm pretty sure the blanks are also gonna have a little bit of gunpowder just to make the pop noise.
0: Yeah, I mean look what happened with Brandon Lee, right? In, it In a ninety three. Um one of the one of the dummy bronze got stuck or something like that in the in the barrel and whenever they put another uh A blank. It actually had enough force for it to shoot out of the barrel and and hit Brendan Lee in the in the abdomen, you know, and it it, it killed him. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And you know, he Alec Baldwin brought that up. He brought up Brendan Lee and his interrogation. Mm -hmm. He brought up another person that was also, uh, you know, taken uh, on set from a uh, weapon that that uh, trailed something or her. Something came out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he brought up those situations. um, And he talked about, you know, he felt or their question was, was there a live round in in the weapon? And, you know, that was what his main, not main concern was, but that was one of the biggest concerns that he had. And he's he alluded to that if there was a live round in there, that somebody must have put it in there for. The various reasons, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: yeah, and it's just like anything, man. Like, just even like, if any, any of y'all out there ever gone to, a, let's say, a shooting range, right? I've, I've been to a shooting range a few times, and you, accidents happen. Like, people have accidents. Um, I remember I was at, at the range one time, and one of the guys was shooting, and I don't know how he did it, but he split the barrel of his gun wide open uh, it blew up on him, but lucky it wasn't at the handle it was at the barrel part mm-hmm. so that stuff happens man sometimes the the bullet something's wrong with the bullet projectile goes wrong and I thought one time I something happened to me one time when I went with my brother that we were shooting his toruses and one of the hot shells ejected from the gun and landed in my in my shoulder landed inside my shirt that I felt the hot pain in my shoulder right away. I was like, what the heck happened? Did I get shot? What happened? I had to shake my shirt out and then one of the shells fell out.
2: The Borg says, did they find live rounds in Alex's pockets? You know, I heard that rumor. I couldn't find anything that said that. You know, I, uh, I found it odd that he was trying to get out of his wardrobe um, while he was talking to the officers. I mean, I didn't... He, he doesn't know the circumstances or the procedures probably from police work, but um, he was very adamant to get out of that clothing, go to his trailer, you know, is it possible? I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything on it. I'm going to play this so if you guys mute yourselves for a second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The
3: shoulder though Where did it... so her, hers appeared to look it went through her uh her right uh underarm yeah and it yeah, the exit point was on her back uh left shoulder blade so went
1: across her it went okay. it went yeah. through
4: so
2: <laughs> Life oh, God.
4: yeah, um, the, enough to get get air flight so but she was shocking but
0: she was conscious and it yeah. I why so
3: because um, you have to stabilize and uh, uh, for every narcotic and anything they administer, they have to wait a certain More period
2: so.
1: the, uh, road, guys.
3: Yeah, the flight medics are 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 uh, trained e- ER tech so
1: she's in good hands.
2: I think I had read somewhere else. One of the issues was because of the area or whatever, it took a while for that helicopter to get there, mm-hmm. and that was one of the issues that um, also came down with this. And so um, but he asked, said, Go good. You said you didn't have a medic on, on site, right? Um, usually they didn't have a medic on site. Yeah, that's what I had read on this here. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they claim a medic was absent during the construction of the film set. Um, well, that was during the construction. I'm not entirely sure okay. if it was, yeah, during this day. But um, he asks, you know, about Joel first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is Joel okay? And he's like, yeah, he's fine. And they go, what about uh, Elena? And he's like, yeah, it's a little bit more rougher. And he describes a situation that it went in through the armpit and out the other shoulder. And so through a lot of important things y'all a lot of important things mm-hmm. so well, i'm going to meet us back and we'll continue do it because next is the uh is the armor and the uh patrol so, yeah.
0: I went over to Sarah and she was crying and shaking and going through the bullets and saying, I don't know how that got in there. I don't know anything about it. the
1: ones that
4: are real bull. Okay, what is your name? How do you spell your last name?
3: G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z What was that again? G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z
4: Your date of birth?
1: 1997
4: And your address?
3: Address is 2060 Whitewater Drive.
1: Bullhead City, Arizona. Sorry. That's okay. forgot where we were. What's the zip code? 86442.
4: Okay. And what is a good telephone number for you?
1: My telephone number is 928
4: 444 And your social security number?
1: 0479. I think that's it.
4: Okay. No, he's just, he's just, uh... Sorry. So 0478. Yeah.
3: Okay.
4: He said, Hannah Gutierrez, 1997. Your address is 2060 Whitewater Drive, Boyhead City, Arizona, 86442. Mm -hmm. What's your place of employment? Here, what's the, what's the name of the?
1: Uh, Rust.
4: Is it like a video production or? Yeah, it's Rust Productions uh, LLC. Yeah. What's your job there with them?
1: I'm the armor, or at least I was.
4: okay and you telephone number again nine two eight four
2: So this is her um, you know basically saying that you know she does start crying in a little bit and there is, you know, that emotion or whatnot. She's not that callous, but you know, it starts off kind of like um what do you call it? Um <clears throat> like she just kinda cares about her job. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, the the reaction she had was a little bit um weird to say the least. You know yeah. what I mean? It almost kinda looked like she was bothered asking um answering all these questions, you know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> Maybe she was just in a kind of a shock too. I don't
2: know. Maybe yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she probably feels a tremendous amount of guilt. Um, you got to think that perhaps that um, the shooting or whatnot is. I mean, she probably feels responsible. I mean, she's the armor. This is what her job was to ensure the safety of the uh, the set and the crew from the weapons that she was supposed to secure and 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 maintain. Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so this is the part where Baldwin talks about removing his clothes you wanting to go change so much.
1: Detective Roy Arn, nice to meet you sir Can you come in? yeah if we could have a chat over here are you doing okay? No I'm not actually okay yeah um crazy series of events so um we're requesting that you and mesquiteras uh conduct interviews back at the santa fe county sheriff's office um yeah if uh, and if an you, associate you or what to do okay tell me what to do. um we would appreciate that and then we'll when you want me to do that uh we're gonna probably go right now so can i take my car that's my car Go back to the base camp. Get rid of the wardrobe. Get my clothes, and then I'll follow you. Yes. Um, I think. No, that's okay. Um, I think we might. I I don't know if this is suspected blood or real blood. This is fake. Fake. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk. Okay. I'm going to talk to our crime scene technician and and see what she suggests or would like. Back to my base camp and give them everything. Put my street clothes on the other ones. I'll be down at the base camp waiting for you. Okay. They didn't put my trailer in and I'll just wait for you. I mean, I'm not coming over Tell me. Right. To right. Tell me. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. You know, I'll be down at the base camp. I have a trailer there. Okay. Let me give them the wardrobe back, put my street clothes on, Captain, my personal life, and then tell me where to follow you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Sir. Um, and we're going to go talk to Ms. Gutierrez right now because we're going to request the same information. I'm going to ask uh the uh, the armory specialist right um she's a little uh shaken up so um just leave that stuff on sir um, yeah leave them on right now so i'm gonna talk to my crime okay, scene tech let me know what you want to do. okay all right sounds good sir
2: So one thing i don't understand is why there isn't an officer accompanying him throughout the entire time you know there was rumors and stuff that he had ammunition in his pockets or whatever Mm -hmm. if that were to be the case them not keeping an eye on him he could discard some evidence yeah
0: definitely but um oh man i was gonna say something
2: um i forgot (laughs) damn it so do you think that he seems sincere or what's up blue
3: at this moment to everybody it's an accident it's a horrible accident so there there was no suspicion at this moment Mm -hmm. we didn't hear about the strike and all that stuff until later
2: yeah that's true that's true there are there just to get the scene but there should be a little bit more prep prep uh preserve it preserving of the evidence go ahead
0: i oh I froze there for a little bit. No, what's it called? Um, there was a lot of neglect on the on the the filming, you can tell right away. Uh mm-hmm. from cutting down jobs and, you know, trying to stay on budget, I think that neglect just was asking, you know, for something bad to happen. Right. And, and not just in this set, but you know, on other sets too, where, where the budget's not so high. They try to make everything as believable as they can. It's, right. it's, it's Accidents do happen, but um, in this case, like the fact that they're actually charging, actually two people at this point. At one point, right? Uh, right. I think one of them took a plea, though, right?
3: The third one,
0: yeah. Right. The middle one, and yeah. um, and they're charging him with a manslaughter, involuntary mm-hmm. manslaughter. Right. Right. So, right. So I don't but, know. Yeah. If they, they have more of evidence that he did actually do this on purpose or because I remember he said that he did it. He was claiming that he did not pull the trigger, right? That it went right. off
2: itself. Right. And and there's been a lot of gun experts that have come out that talked about what he was doing because he claims that he was fanning the gun, which is where you pull the trigger and you can hit the, the back of the hammer and it'll pop, 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 pop Right. Uh right? But in order for that to happen, you have to have the trigger pulled. It doesn't happen unless unless you know, you can't pull the hammer back and then it go off. Even in the moment that I was talking about when I was in training where I, this ammunition round went off, I had to grasp the hammer back, pull the trigger, and then slowly put the hammer up, which, you know, I've done multiple times. But in that day, I was young and experienced and in training, and, you know, the the round went off. Now, um, fortunately, and, and in our situation when I, where I was at when we were doing this, which was in the military, was um, everybody had to check every single round before, like anything on your person, what you had as reloads, what was in the uh, revolver or the revolver reloads. Sometimes we used it with our um, our rifles. Sometimes we used it with our semi, uh, semi-automatic weapons. And so uh, all of those were, um, you had to be checked every single round. Like every round was taken out of the magazine. Every round was taken out of the revolver. Check, double checked, not just by you, but by another person as well. Put in and you good to go. And so clearly that wasn't done on this set. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the two different or the different types of rounds that they are, uh, they look different. Uh, dummy rounds and some of them are simulation rounds are, are usually a different color. Um, you have blanks. They, they're missing the... The lead at the tip, and it's just kind of crunched together.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's sealed. It's almost yeah, it's kind of sealed right. Right,
2: and well, there's a little hole I think that allows the gas to 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 exit out of it. But for the most part, it's um, it looks like a crimped end piece, right? Mm -hmm. And and then you have a live round, um, which is you can see the lead on the tip of the bullet. If you have a hollow point, then it's it's the lid point, but it's encaved. And so, you know, an armorer should know the difference between the type of rounds. Uh, Big Blue's going to be leaving us because he's going to work. Thank you so much, Blue, for being on and uh, keeping your clothes on this time. We appreciate
0: it. I missed out on that
3: one. Those are the members only, okay? i take my clothes off for the other shows. I'll take care, guys. Thank you, everybody, for being on. And uh, there was one question I saw earlier that I wanted to answer. Somebody said, how are we dealing with all the hate that we're getting from from, uh, the videos that we put out? I guess um, I'm living my day, day by day. You know, it it comes and goes in one year, out the other. Y'all have a good day, guys.
2: Yeah, have a good one, Blue. Thank you for joining us. And so, um, anywho. This case here. Whoa. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's for members only guy. Yeah, Thank you, Paul Bird, for the uh, $10 super chat. We truly appreciate Thank it. You. Thank, Thank you so much. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be staying here. And as far as all that, the, the hatred talk and stuff like that, we really try not to pay attention to any of it. People aren't going to like what, you know, we have to say sometimes. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, My my goal here on this show isn't to change anybody's mind or persuade somebody to do something some way or to hate on another person or another channel or another group. That's not what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. um, What we put out there is what the information that we've had, we're going to be putting on a show later referencing uh, the whole Kim situation and what everybody wants to talk about. I will say this, though. <clears throat> she, she does have some receipts. Um, she sent me, I'll give you a list of the items. I have to redact them. Uh, but she sent me her phone bill, uh, which has her name, which is Kim. Uh, I'm going to black out her last name because she. at the end of the day, we don't want to dox anybody. Yep. And also on that phone bill for the month of November, it shows where she called the Moscow Police Department and the FBI. So she was at least in contact with him about something. Those conversations went for more than 20 minutes. And so um, do I believe everything that she has said. stated? Uh, there's a lot of speculation. And I, I think I've said that if you guys go and watch where we talk about part two of um, what the caller had said, we go over the fact that there's a lot of speculation in what she's saying. But you kind of underst- have to understand who she is to, to understand why there's speculation. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a scared mom. She has two kids that have attended this school or, or these, this area for more than um, just November 13, 2022. Her daughter's been there for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And in that time, there's been a lot of accidental or whatever you want to call them, passings, including one today, WSU campus. Somebody was found in the dorm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, it's breaking down a little bit, and, you know, I'm going to give you a little. Quick taste of what we, we, we were talking about. She's heard about all these people that have passed, whether it was by somebody taking their own life in a creek. If it was uh, somebody overdosing. If it was somebody fall, oh, the one guy that fell off of the uh, roof. Um, you have the uh, massacre that happened on uh, with the Idaho four. Then you have uh, Brent, who was the SWAT guy that got, that not SWAT guy, the guy that got taken out by SWAT. You have a hit and run that happened the night of the incident as well while these folks were in town. Um, you have all these things that are happening that she's aware of and that she's been aware of. We also have to remember that Brian Koberger was on the loose for almost two months, mm-hmm. and nobody really knew who the who the person was. There was a lot of speculation. In fact, many of of these folks who are hating on us or whatever the case may be, speculated that it was one person or another, which, since Brian Koberger's name wasn't out at that time, they were wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he came out of left field. Nobody knew his name. Nobody knew any of those things. And so a mother who has two kids there with all this stuff that she's been hearing for three years, because you also have to remember her daughter's part of Greek Row and has been Greek Row for three and a half years. If you don't think that she's doing her own investigation and speculation and and watching Reddit or 4chan and those type of things. If you don't think she's somebody would do that, then, then I don't know what to tell you. But she did. She looked into all those things. Now, two things can be right. She can look into all those things because she's a concerned mom. And she could have been told some information by her daughter about things. And she can put some you know points together and connect some dots, so to speak. I think I think a lot of us have connected a lot of dots and many of us were wrong. In fact, we were wrong a couple of times. We were looking at, you know, J.D., possibly, even though we felt that the uh, police knew what they were doing. They weren't looking at him. Um, but with that being said, two things can be right. And, yeah. you know, when it comes to vetting, and I asked this on the publicly, uh, um, uh, oh, man, we're just on their channel. I apologize. i me go look publicly buzzed. I'm sorry about that, guys. We're just on their channel. And I asked him, I was like, hey, so and I ask you, Jaime, <clears throat> I am privileged. Or we're privileged to the same information that everybody else is privileged to. Right. We're not undercover cops in Idaho or any of those things. We're not uh, we don't have all the evidence. And so when somebody calls in and says that they're a certain person, what all can we vet? Other than the
0: fact she is who she says she is, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, when it comes down with the uh, with Kim, um, I believe I believe she means well. Um, mm-hmm. I believe she's a concerned parent, you know, for the safety of their her children. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe the the emotions um, took hold. You know, she played her emotions played out and. Um, I think she just needs um you know some like closure some you know what I mean to feel secure about the situation with right. to deal with
2: her. Right. And 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 I get where she's coming from. She's had to deal and hear these stories about all this stuff that's been happening well before November 13, yeah. 2022. We have to remember how long her her, her child has been a student up there. And so, like I said, two things can be right. She can get some information and she can do her own investigation and, and fall down some rabbit holes. If, you know, how many people sent us Papa Rogers stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and all this other stuff that because one guy got one thing right in his entire, you know, statements where he got a lot of stuff wrong. And then he even posted after Brian was arrested and we showed that post. He was supposedly fishing and caught trout or something like that. And then his account, he deleted his account. But all these people were thinking that Papa Rogers was, was Brian Koberger. Like or or, or the caller on, on T-Rev's channel. Who ended up calling T-Rev back and after Brian was arrested because T-Rev came out with that, like we can only take the calls and vet the people as much as we possibly can. Now, yeah. she is who she says she is. She is a mom that lives in Washington State who has two kids that attend Washington State University. And her kids, one of her kids does attend Greek Row and is part of a uh, sorority there with WSU. And that her son also was in um, pre-law there and has moved from that school to another. And so those are true things. The rest of it, I can only say what she told me. And mm-hmm. I can only go based on uh, the facts and what correlates with what's on the probable cause affidavit. But before I move forward, I want to say thank you so much, Tina. McCuevas, us with this $49.99 super chat. We appreciate thank you. you. And then we also had another one uh, from Samantha Leon for $1.99 super sticker. We appreciate you. Nice.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
2: And so, and the other thing is like, so she's a mom. She's going through all this and she has her ideas. And when I was talking to her and I came out with my part two of what she said, I, I told everybody, yeah, I take what she says with a grain of salt, because she did her own connecting of the dots and she did all this stuff. Now. There's a difference between what she speculates and what she says she was told. Now, what she speculates is a whole bunch of different things that. I I haven't given much time and thought into it because that's not what I'm here for, is speculation. What she was told hasn't changed. And the things that she was told was that sorority kids were called before the police were. Probable cause affidavit says that the victim's called the summoned friends, right? Mm -hmm. She said that somebody, that they'd seen somebody inside the house at least one person, possibly multiple people outside. Probable cause affidavit says that the victim saw at least one person in the house. Doesn't mention anything about multiple people. But when you look at the, uh, you look at the map, Brian Kohlberger was coming from west side of town towards the east, based on where he got located at on the 700 block of Indian Hills. When he was, he was coming from Pullman, Washington, he would have been coming from the east heading west. So the direction it traveled doesn't make sense. Last time he spotted in Pullman was at 247, and then he spotted at 326 on the 700 block of Indian Hills. That's about a 15-minute drive, and yet it's well over, what, 30 minutes? So where's the other 15 minutes coming from? And then when he leaves at a higher end of speed on southbound at at 420 on Willenta Drive, um, his phone turns on and pings him 10 miles south at 248. I mean, at 448, well, he's only 10 miles south. Why did it take him 28 minutes to get there? Now, could he have been dropping evidence off somewhere? Of course, but he's also not seen on that last camera heading out uh, 95 out of town in the direction of where his ping set up. So maybe he went a different direction to get out of town. And if he did, maybe be because he was dropping somebody off. I don't know. Then you look at the words that they used in the um, probable cause, I mean, in the sealant of the warrant. They said that they uh, could endanger law enforcement. Kim had told us that this man was a uh, a possible intern, Brian, that is, with WSU Police Department, based on the uh, course study that he was taking that was a prerequisite. It was understood that um, he had to have applied in the spring to start in the fall. Mm -hmm. There's been some emails that came out with him corresponding with the chief of police at the Pullman Police Department in the spring about his internship. So, those things line up. You know, I mean, the trap house thing that she mentioned. So, Kim paid for tuition for these two children in advance, um, put one of them on sorority in Greek Girl, which has its own tuition every year or semester. This isn't somebody who, in my opinion, is coming from a hood where you would expect a uh, normal trap house to be at. So her definition or term of a trap house or her children's term of a trap house may not be um, what you think of a trap house is. It could be only a place they can consider a trap house, a place where people have been known to score some drugs and, you know, a party, a party house, which was known to be a party house with a bunch of alcohol. So is it too out of the you know, realm of thinking that it's possible that somebody either went to that house and sold drugs in that house or somebody in that house and sold drugs at one point. Those two things aren't out of realm of possibility. Right. It doesn't mean that these girls were involved. I mean, how many times when you were in college did you ever go to a party and somebody offer you something?
0: Sometimes I was the one. That, not been... So, yeah, I mean. At the end of the day
2: at the end of the day there are certain things that she was told that are in the probable cause affidavit and apparently she says that she told this to the fbi well her phone records indicate that she told this to the fbi on the I think it was like the 15th or the 16th of november that was well before the probable cause affidavit was in. that's if she was telling that to the fbi of course i'm taking her word on that aspect of it but she does have her phone records that indicate that she was talking with the seattle um uh, FBI area with um unit or whatever their office. So, we have a lot of redactions to put into that because I don't want to I don't want to dox anybody or put anybody's phone numbers out there or anything like that. But the last thing I also wanted to talk about was the fact that people are saying that she's doing it for 15 minutes of shame, fame, yet nobody knows who she is outside of her name is Kim. Mm-hmm. Now, and i'll be putting this we'll put this all in a video but i have my conversations with olivia where she reached out to me the day after we aired part one where she was like hey i've talked with steve goncalves and their family i've done an interview they're interested in what kim has to say yeah. i sent her their information after vetting that olivia was who she was because honestly i had no idea who olivia was And uh, she had to send me a video because I didn't even know about the video where she was talking with uh, the family. I hadn't seen it. It had been out for like two days already and I hadn't seen it. And so once she did that, I I talked to Kim and said, hey, do you want to talk to this person? She said, yeah. So I gave her her name and number. I thought it was a good idea for another credible channel to get her information and to say as much as she could vet, which is she is who she is that this isn't a a woman that's been calling multiple channels and changing her name and saying a bunch of different stuff. And then, and so she was able to do that. That's all that we can verify or vet. We don't have any insight into into this case more than anybody else. Um, I'm sorry if you guys think that, uh, we didn't mean to mislead anybody but at the end of the day we just did what we thought was right by bringing you guys the information that we felt was credible reliable and important now when she got on the call on friday with uh lena from uh truth and transparency you know that was a little bit more uh what's the word i'm looking for down the rabbit hole and i would have liked to have kept it to be honest with you but you know she wanted to talk, and that's what Kim does. She, she talks, and she can talk about all of these things. And, and one of the key things that you have to listen to when she's talking is, she says the words like "I believe," "I think this," "I think that." That's all speculation. Now, when mm-hmm. you ask her what was told, she's like, "This is what was told. This is when it was told." Yada yada yada. And so you have to go through that, uh, understanding who you're talking to, as far as a, as a as a scared mother of a child who. Of children that they have a lot more experience with the bad publicity and the bad issues that have been going on in that town that we are not privileged to you know that is what it is yeah a lot of people say that you know she was the same color as this person and that person Uh, some folks have sent it to me i've listened to them it doesn't sound anything like her outside of the fact that i think there was one that she called somewhere i think it was maybe Um, somebody claimed that she had called, uh, I don't even know, but they had the voice sped up. I could tell that they had the voice sped up. I had the voice sped up. So the fact that they had the voices sped up it made them sound somewhat similar, but they weren't the same, Not, not even close. And so, you know, she sent us some, some stuff to, to prove she is who she is. We're redacting that and we'll put that out probably on Wednesday or Thursday. We are... Considering it, just, just for the haters of making it a, a members-only thing, so that way you got to pay to watch it. <laughs> the haters. I wasn't there, there unfortunately. Uh, I can't hear you for some reason. Really? You know what? It might be me. Guys, can you let me in the live chat? No, if you can, can hear hurt me. me? Oh, no, it's me. It's, it's you? Me. Okay. Did it again. Oh, right. uh, well, guys, unfortunately, my computer messed up. I think that's going to be the end of this show. We covered everything we wanted to cover on Alec Baldwin. Um, Not if you can hear me, Heima. I can hear you. You can't hear me though. I your lips. You say you can hear me. Um, well, let me know. Um, oh well. See you later, H Four. Don't let the doors hit you where the good Lord split you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bye. And so, with that being said, y'all the drunk turkey show um we'll see you guys next time take care man